It's a great pleasure to welcome to What's Next two gentlemen who represent Nexio South Africa from the network and collaboration side. And uh, a great pleasure to welcome Brett Orwin, as well as Guy Shannon, the cybersecurity and operations lead at Nexio. Gents, it's uh, great to see you again. Um, and really, we're living in a very complex world, aren't we? When you look at the statistics and you look at how we are computing and how we are doing business today, I mean, you're looking at the stats that by 2023, we're going to have over 8 billion of these handheld and personal mobile devices, computers in our hands, basically. You look at the IoT sector and you look at uh, how that's just um, going crazy at the moment. You know, more than 4.4 billion devices they're expecting by 2023. And I guess that the world that we're living in right now, where we've got these complexities of, you know, remote working and you've got many, many small and medium sized enterprises coming online and you look at the security threats and the cyber security threats and you look at what's going on out there. It's really a minefield and it's not getting easier. It's getting a lot worse. Um, and, you know, we've heard of numerous breaches. So if the big guys are experiencing these kind of breaches, what on earth are the small people doing? And really, uh, I think it's very complex. And when you look at a small and medium sized enterprise to say, how do I secure myself? How do I make sure that I don't experience this kind of breach? And of course, we haven't even touched on Papia, which is just on the horizon that causes all sorts of other issues as well. So, I mean, gents, am, am, I, am I exaggerating the fact that it's really complex and it's, uh, it's, it's war when it comes to cybersecurity out there? Absolutely, Aki, and you've set the scene very, very well. I think you know, given uh, the you know what, the, what you're exposed to, you know this already. And uh, yes, you mentioned the big corporates. Of course, they are often not visible in terms of their breaches, and sometimes they are often very publicly visible. But getting back to our SME base and our, our small and medium business, often their core business is you know, to sell cars or whether it's actually to go and uh, build, uh, you know, uh, somebody's house, et cetera. And, and really IT is becoming far more integrated, as you mentioned, from a devices point of view. And we are finding that uh, attack vectors are coming from all, all angles at the moment. So yeah. ultimately, how do we keep uh, these guys secure out there? And how do we wow. have a value position that actually talks to that? That's, and, that's the question. I'm a small and medium sized enterprise. I'm, I'm listening to you, Brett, and I'm saying, how on earth yeah. do I keep myself secure? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, you know, our approach is first to visibility, Aki. You know, having visibility of everything connected on the network, whether you're connecting in from London or whether you're connecting from a building management system, you are connecting to the network. And we, we take the approach of visibility first. So having an absolute view from the ground up of what's on the network, what's connecting to your network, where they're going, how they're going, and what time are they connecting, and entire complete visibility of, of that area. So that's our first step in terms of the base layer of understanding who's on the network. Mm. Okay, well, that's, that's quite interesting. Now, uh, a lot of people are talking about security and they use, you know, everyone's using fancy terminology today, but security posture. What on earth is security posture? All right. Uh, Saki, perhaps I could use a, a personal analogy uh, that uh, we can all relate to, and that's, of course, our homes. Mm. So if we look at, at our homes, especially in South Africa, there is secure, there are security controls that uh, all of us have implemented. And as we look at the, as an example, you might have a, a high electric fence around your home. You may have some dogs in the yard. And so you think I'm pretty safe. My, the perimeter or the edge of my home is taken care of. What's critical, though, is that you're not only focused on the security controls you deploy, but also 
the vulnerable, uh, the vulnerable parts of your home. For instance, mm-hmm. you might not have an alarm in the house. You might have large windows with 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 no burglar bars, and and and, and so that vulnerability could leave you to uh, to easy attack and access to your home. And I think if we relate that to business. We can see that uh, businesses might might feel assured that they've got a number of controls in place, but it's critical that they they, they keep in mind the, the the easy access or vulnerable parts of their business. Mm. And that 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 speaks to their 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 posture, 360 degrees around the business, and um, and the risks posed by having those vulnerabilities. And um, I think every business can relate, but especially the SMEs in that our budget and resourcing is extremely stretched. So it becomes critical that you that you have um, your, your security posture well enumerated with management to understand where the vulnerabilities and risks are so they can use a more informed surgical approach in allocating those very stretched uh, resources and budgeting. Mm. And that 80-20 principle, you've got, uh, you've got uh, 20% uh, resources and, and, and budgeting that, that needs to be 80% effective. And, I, and I'm putting my, my neck out in the block here by saying it's simply not possible to make every aspect of your business bulletproof. So that's why you need to have a much more clinical surgical approach in allocating your security controls and, 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 and making sure you just get bang for your buck, just the most yeah. um, effective uh deployment uh, of these i like that analogy that you used because i mean at the end of the day as you were talking i was just thinking about your average business you know and the, and the, the loopholes and the achilles heels that are within that environment i mean the challenge of course is that when people come into a, a small or medium-sized enterprise i mean i have a small business the first thing they ask you is for access to your wi-fi I mean, you talk about that surgical, uh, you know, you look at everything like from a surgical point of view, but how do you get around uh, giving people access to Wi-Fi in your organization? Because surely that is an Achilles heel. Absolutely, Aki, and it goes out to to the typical scenario that you mentioned, you know, uh, perhaps a secretary, perhaps a receptionist handing out a piece of paper with the the actual password for the Wi-Fi, and that's the guest Wi-Fi typically, and I can get on the network. And businesses are under increasing pressure to, while I'm in your business, whatever it might be, I might be in Tiger Wheel and Tire, I might be anywhere, you know, and what would happen is I need to have access so I can carry on working. And these kind of things, is, that's critical to be able to manage who's on the network. But if we talk about posture, the person that's just joined my guest network might have a laptop that has a vulnerability on it. Mm. There's mm. a high probability that could transfer into my environment. And how do we know about that? How can we actually measure that? And how can we prevent uh, that from happening, but still allow them to get to the internet via perhaps the firewall that we have in place? But but it's far more than that. So, you know, Wi-Fi is a, is a very, very interesting and a, and a huge attack vector at the moment that we're finding. Yeah, I'm sure. And I mean, and of course, the other thing is, is the challenge is staff. You know, you've got staff, you've got other external people that, you know, not, not necessarily need access to your Wi-Fi network, but let's say you've got auditors or uh, bookkeepers coming in and they need to access small pieces of your business. I mean, those are vulnerabilities. People come in with a with a USB, they plug it into a machine. You don't know what's on that USB. And I guess that yeah. brings all sorts of other challenges, doesn't it? 
Yes, yeah, so in our approach is exactly addressing that kind of scenario. You may have auditors that come in for two weeks and they need the Wi-Fi or they need wired network access every single day. They need to get to your server, whether that's cloud-based or on, on your premises, and they need to go through the books and access and have a look, right? So what we do is we apply sort of a policy to that. We know what's happening in terms of that actual laptop, that posture on that laptop, where can they go? We, we track where they are going while they're on the network and we manage that on behalf of the SME. So that that is, uh, as, as, as Guy said, you know, you can't be 100% protected, but you can be 100% ready. And that's one of the things we say. You, know? mm -hmm. you can be 100% ready. And if you really know what's going on on your network, you can take uh, immediate action in case something like that happens. Do we, you know, you can, if we even know if there's a USB capability and, and what's happened when they've, you know, plugged in that USB into that laptop and what are they transferring and where are they transferring it? Um, so absolutely. And, and that's part of our, our services from a managed point of view is allowing for that kind of scenario to, to play out. I mean, what, what it sounds like you're, the service that you guys provide is almost like you're shining a light on the network and you're making things a lot more transparent and really you can see things a lot better than what's going on. I mean, uh, to be able to see something like a, a USB stick going in, for example, that's, that's really critical. I mean, we hear of all sorts of this terminology. The one thing I've heard of is shadow IT. What on earth is shadow IT? <laughs> Well, I'll start and Guy will, will support me here, but I think, you know, it's been thrown around quite a bit. What we don't realize often, and if, if the SMEs out there don't really understand shadow IT, it really is Gmail. It really is the cloud services you may, the iClouds of the world, the services you subscribe to, even Dropbox, for example. I've run, run, run off a few basic ones, but essentially what happens is users are using shadow IT. And that's exactly what it is. It's not using the IT services that are provided by the company, but are provided externally uh, within the internet. They're the wonderful thing that ah. it is, right? So so, 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 so something like Dropbox is, is considered as shadow IT, right? Imagine this. Imagine I'm logged into our company network. I right. log into the server. I pull down information of the customers we have, and then I upload that into Dropbox. So now I've used the corporate network and I've used the shadow IT component to steal that and I've breached the poppy rules, as you mentioned earlier. So mm. essentially, shadow IT presents, uh, you know, you, you presents a real challenge from, from a security point of view uh, across the board. Okay. Yes. And then if I, if I can just um, add another element to what uh, Brett was saying. So you know, shadow IT is uh, when you're uh, not in compliance with, the, the security uh, policies and controls mandated by the company. I and mean, the cloud is a, a huge concern. Uh, another major concern would be assets in your network that are deployed almost as like a, a, a DIY solution. So you'll get someone with a really great idea. Oh, for marketing, um, we, we can automate the sending of SMSs from a server exposed to the web. And then without the knowledge of um, um, security management, without following any security controls, away they go, they stick up a server, they get exposed to the internet, and surprise, 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 it's now within hours, Aki, that a vulnerable server exposed to the internet can be hacked. Uh, and there's your entry point into your company. So it's also this DIY homespun solutions within the companies. You guys are sending shivers, shivers down my spine and you paint all these scenarios and actually real scenarios that are happening right now. So, so then when you look at the dangers that are out there, I mean, um, I mean, you talk about Dropbox, but even if a customer, uh, you know, shares their Dropbox with yours, you're also downloading something from somebody else's database. 
into your database. So it's really very complex. So how do you guys actually secure your customers' data then? So I think you, 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 you mentioned the flashlight earlier, or the spotlight, Aki. If I know that you've just joined the network and you're on a Dell XPS, whatever it might be, you're running this operating system and you are, have joined, I can see where you've joined, what network resources you're accessing, and what is the actual process for allowing you on the network? So I'm going who, when, how, have you got onto the network and where are you going? So we can obviously then block and apply policy, for example, to say, look, this person that's joined the network, this profile is only allowed to access these resources, including shadow IT. Hmm. So we can then block at the perimeter level. We can say, look, that person, you know, can't go to uh, Dropbox because Dropbox is blocked in, in the company policy. You know, so it goes back to security policies, of course, and again, SMEs and, and small business out there don't necessarily have a security policy. So we apply and help to uh, apply policies that help to protect uh, customers, and then we enforce it with, with the actual technology and the managed service component. I mean, Brett, I just want to expand a little bit about uh, network policy. You know, what exactly is network policy, and, and how are you managing these kind of network policies in the environment we're talking about? Right. So in, the, in a typical environment, you know, if we go back to the small business, we may look at classifying 10 different policies. One is your guest access. People are visiting and they can only do this, this and this. Ah, okay. uh, secondly, we may have the hybrid person, which is the accountant, which may have a different policy now. They can do these things and we're able to control when they we can even tell we can even control when they access the network. So only between the times of this and this and you're only able to go to these resources and you can't use any of the shadow IT while you're connected to our network because we don't want you taking data and populating it anywhere else. So and then it goes all the way up to perhaps the CEO who may have a different policy where we are allowing certain components. But again, that's a collaborative discussion. But I think, you know, getting back to your question around policies, that's how we apply, uh, you know, segmentation and policies to the network. So I mean, there's a lot of people watching this who are thinking to themselves, well, I've got to make some changes to my network. Um, you've really highlighted some very important issues. What, what should people be planning for their network over the next year or two, or even now for that matter? Look, I think, uh, you know, first thing is, is, is to ha have an understanding of what you have today. Often in, in the small business environment, you've built something and you've grown your business. And now you have potentially multiple suppliers, you have multiple uh, interfaces. Um, and you may, with respect, have a person that's looking after your network. We're not proposing to replace that. What we're saying is, again, shine the spotlight. Let's see what's going on. Let's see what traffic is there. Let's surprise you. <laughs> and then let's make some decisions to tighten things up as a first step. And then we work collaboratively to actually understand the business and understand the types of accountant visiting or whatever it might be as an expert. But typically, it's a first phase of understanding what's going on in visibility, as I mentioned right at the beginning, and then building the policy up from there. Well, I mean, it's very complex out there today because when you look at, um, you know, keeping people secure, what about people who, you know, are outside of your company's location, for example, or are accessing something within your organization? I mean, you look at online shopping, right? I mean, there's an element of people connecting to your network through the online shopping portals. Um, I mean, how do you actually secure that kind of environment? Yeah, so... Um Aki, um, uh, to use another analogy, I mean, we have a term called uh, defense in depth. Um, and so we would like to relate that to the, the layers of an onion. And so 
um, you've mentioned over and over how complex things are. So um, you've got the perimeter or the edge of your network, but then you've got data flowing into your network, but then you've got data um, on your endpoints as well. Um, and, and so certainly um, you, uh, uh, you have excellent solutions um, like uh, your, your um, Cisco Unified Threat Management Solutions that can, that can look at, at the perimeter, that can look at uh, web access from, from clients or online shoppers, as you say, into your network, um, and, and that can um, automate the, 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 the securing and defending of your prized web access, uh, web assets. Certainly, I would also say that the best firewall um, is a human firewall. So I would I would definitely um, put user awareness training as, as something incredibly effective. We make the assumption that uh, IT professionals um, know all the ins and outs of about keeping networks safe. Um, I've seen, uh, seen server administrators um, download what they thought was free tools off the internet that were laced with malware. Then trying to install it on servers. So all of us need to have that awareness. Yeah. Um, I'm also a, a big proponent and speaking to what you're saying as well of, of agents locally on endpoints. And I'm thinking of things like endpoint detection response um, solutions. Um, and, um, uh, thinking of, of Cisco and other effective solutions where no matter where you take that laptop or that mobile device, um, you have solutions on that device that will then protect it from malicious uh, software and activities. Um, it doesn't matter if you're sitting at work or even if you've connected locally to the network or if you're sitting at home, mm. um, you have a solution that is able to wrap around each endpoint asset as well um, and, and keep the users and the network safe. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you raised that because, I mean, we're living in a world where, you know, we've got different kind of generations and uh, everybody wants things differently. I mean, one of my favorite terminologies is BYOD, bring your own device. You know, I refuse to use what notebook you give me in my organization, so I'm going to bring my own one. And I know because us millennials are like that. We, we want to use our own devices. So how do you control <laughs> somebody who brings their own device into your network and obviously you know the vulnerabilities that come with it yes so i i, I had to smile at the term us millennials thanks Aki. that's awesome what, what are you what are you trying to say what are you trying to say but <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true okay. you know generation z and, and you know and, and i guess I'm, I'm exaggerating it about millennials in different generations but certainly people like to use their own devices right sure. i mean and that poses all sorts of other problems when you want to bring your own device into an organization absolutely and so i think what what you're asking in essence is because there is this huge argument. Um, companies obviously want to give uh, users freedom to bring their own devices, and also they see it as a huge cost-saving potential, right? Um, but then the, the big question is, okay, can companies keep uh, the bring your own devices as safe as company-provided devices? Are we introducing risk into our business by allowing people to bring their own devices? So the short answer is yes, um, you can keep uh, um, you know, uh, uh, user-owned devices as safe as uh, corporate-provided de uh, devices. But the, the long answer is it depends on the user. So there are users that will push back on their privacy and, 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 and functionality rights 
and say, sorry, we don't want the uh, monitoring software, monitoring my web activity and monitoring my data activity on the device. We don't want restrictions and controls, for instance, saying that now I'm not allowed to install anything. And so as soon as we deviate from a, a, a company security policy, we're introducing risk. So, so I, I do know of companies and, 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 and certainly I found this very effective personally. Companies will say, if you want to access our company's network and resources, you need to abide by our security policies. And so your, your, your laptop will need to be installed with our tools um, and we'll need to 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 follow uh, and to have our security controls allowed to align to our policy. We will then allow you onto our network. If you're not happy with it, um, we will then um, push you through a virtual uh, desktop system. You can access our network through that that buffer or demilitarized zone, if you want to call it that. And it's the same with mobile devices. If you want to access our network with your tablet or your phone, you will need to install our mobile device management software and abide by our policies. Um, and in those cases, I've 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 seen it very uh, I've seen a very effective risk management strategy, where um, users are are given the latitude to bring the devices and and connect with the security controls they choose. Um, I, I have seen a noticeable increase in risk and malicious activity introduced to networks. So yes, it is possible, but it does need to be effectively controlled by policies, but also by by your network access management tools. Okay. So, I mean, it is possible, and I think that there's the flexibility to allow that, yes. but you, you, you come in under our rules and we manage yes. the whole process. So, I mean, when you look at this uh, complex scenario you've both been painting, and uh, Brett, uh, you, you look at these tools and, you know, you're combining the, the building management security and you've got IT security. How do you combine the building of the two of those together? Yeah, I think that's a good thing. We mentioned that at the beginning. Some of the attack vectors are coming from building management. Even the small small SMEs environment, maybe even you're using your host uh, uh, who's renting your, your property, you know, they're using a building management system that may actually be uh, connected to your network or may not. The point is that if you need building management or building security systems, the idea is to be able to integrate them now, and you can with the technology, have cameras, uh, you know, visible on the network where I can see what's going on in my network physically. I can control physical access to my building and I can see what's going on in the firewall or the bring your own device and all that. Imagine having that all in one mm, place. Mm. You know, and again, it sounds like we're talking about, you know, a very massive bank solution here. What's good about this is we put together a solution that actually can apply to a smaller business and can be managed and outsourced because what guys talking about is massive, you know, you know, virtualization systems and things like that. The SMEs, you know, the small businesses out there, they can't afford that kind of stuff. So how do we then, you know, offer that kind of solution uh, for a smaller business that wants to still mitigate, mitigate those risks? So essentially combining it all and having visibility of my entire, um, you know, any building management or security or uh, you know, camera system, it must be able to integrate uh, so that we can see visibility on the network and see what's going on. So is it really just about visibility then? That's where we start, as I mentioned earlier. You know, if we have visibility on the network from the bottom layer, if I may say, without getting too technical, all the way up to the applications and the destination, then we can control. 
and then we can apply the policies that we've talked about. But if we only can see half of what's going on in the network with half of the users, half of the devices, then we can't offer a be completely ready, uh, you know, kind of proposition. So absolutely, it starts with visibility, Aki, absolutely. Okay. I mean, what if you notice something suspicious on your network, for example, either it be a device or something that uh, doesn't look too good? I mean, what, what action should be taken? You know, and often we hear about many of these breaches, and you hear that uh, the actual breach took place months before the data was actually leaked. So it's been in the system, it's been hiding away, and then it just gets turned on and it does whatever it does. But, you know, what actions should be taken when you notice something like that? And if it's late, uh, as we hear in many cases, this malicious software that's been in the organization's network for many months, just sitting there idle waiting for the right moment. I mean, what do you do? So, um, again, uh, to, to introduce the, the, the human and policy aspect, so even SME, SMEs, um, and, and, you, and you can get an example of a, a number of policies, you can also get, uh, and we offer fantastic um, services where we're able to, to assist companies quickly um, develop policies and incident response plans. So there, there, there needs to be almost like a, a um, recipe of how to deal with something when it happens. Right. Um, when something, when the bomb drops, I can tell you that there's just chaos and confusion if you're leaving it to the people to try and find their own way. If they can then look up a plan, a policy, you're able to deal with these incidents in a calm, rational, but consistent manner. And certainly um, each company, including um, uh, SMEs, should have some sort of security hotline. In other words, everyone, here is an email that address that you need to send um, your anomalies to, um, and that there's someone that is able to receive those and then respond accordingly. And I'd also like to say on almost a lighter note is um, make it fun, gamify it. So for instance, I used to hold competitions at a, at a company where I was a, the IT manager. And I would say to people, if you think something funny, like an email, that's very weird, the person that sends me the most funny emails that uh, that should be blocked gets the prize at the end of the week. And so you can actually make it fun and you can almost incentivize and get the guys competing against each other to look for those anomalies, anomalies or risk in the network. Then from the from the very important people and process side, I do need to talk to technology quickly as well. Um, and that there, uh, there's fantastic solutions that we offer that can automate the process of detecting malicious activity, suspicious activity in the network, and then either eradicating or removing those malicious components or taking that risky asset off the network. And I think that's critical for SMEs, as I've mentioned before, resourcing is tight. And so if you can automate part of your security defense, um, I think you're on a winning streak. Oh, if I may add to what Guy said, getting back to the house uh, analogy uh, lastly here, Aki, you know, they've breached the electric fence, uh, you know, perhaps the dogs are asleep and they're in the house. What do you do? You know, so I think that's what SMEs should ask themselves. You know, we now have a, you know, do we, what, what is our process if our server, or if we lock them in the morning and we're about to open up our point of sale and the point of sale comes up with an ugly sign, you know, what do you do? What is your, what is your step? And if you can't answer that question, then, then we should be talking. 
Okay. Well, I mean, uh, I'm sure that there are many SMEs watching this that have, uh, you know, they're thinking of all sorts of things. And, you know, you can't ignore it. You can't also have the basic security in your organization. It's become critical that you protect every single aspect of your organization. If you guys have just touched on, you know, you have one vulnerability, it could be, uh, you know, so detrimental that it could affect and bring down an organization when you realize uh, you know, the, the malware and you look at ransomware and all these other things, I don't even want to think about mm. them. But mm. you guys are Cisco partners. I've been to a Cisco conference in San Francisco and there's no doubt that it's, you know, the, the best stuff out there that's available. And really, um, you know, the, there are questions that it's out of the reach of many small businesses, for example. Is that the perception still that Cisco is for very large enterprises or are there solutions for smaller enterprises? And I mean, what is the ideal solution for a small and medium-sized enterprise? So I think just to answer, first of all, yes, you're right. Cisco have some of the leading technology out there and we are a partner. What we are encouraged by is recent acquisitions is allowed a, a Meraki portfolio, for example, to be integrated within and there's a Cisco Meraki out there. And what these kind of solutions are now doing is making it accessible, both from a price point point of view and also from a SME focus point of view for us to integrate these solutions at a cost-effective price point. Uh, you know, security is almost like insurance from a network security point of view, a grudge purchase. Uh, it, is, it is always difficult to convince somebody that hasn't seen a breach or hasn't had a breach yet. But often what we do is we engage and we quantify what could be lost by the point of sale systems being down for a week or a day. And we look at that in that context of that business. And then we adapt our solution, which is cost effective, by the way, that actually can mitigate those risks. And again, as I mentioned, the last point is, you know, making you 100% ready uh, to Guy's point about being able to respond, put automation in where we can, drive the visibility and, and build a posture that, that allows us to, to really, uh, you know, do the 80-20 that we were talking about earlier. So overall, to answer the question, it's not about only high-end Cisco solutions that we offer. We've got SME-based Cisco stuff that has got all the best of the technology that some of the high-end stuff has built in. Some of the uh, threat analysis, some of the whole, whole, the whole world of security, we can lean on that as, an, as a five-man SME, mm. the same benefit as a bank. So we, we, we offer those solutions to you. Uh, so flexibility, and uh, people must come and chat to you and tell you, this is what I need, how can you help me? This is what kind of budget I've got to work with. And I guess that there's solutions that can be tailored for any kind of need. Uh, Brett Orwin, who's the network and a collaboration expert at Nexio South Africa, as well as Guy Shannon, the cybersecurity lead at uh, Nexio. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your insights and joining us on What's Next.